The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Uh, just like last time, we got a first-time uh, kind of a trend-setting guest for this week's episode. I'm talking to TikTok star Ethan Trace. Now, TikTok is this social media that was in the news a lot you know, last year you had this whole effort to ban TikTok in the United States. Meanwhile, you had people gaining millions upon millions of followers in an entirely new trend of social media, you know, from Jack Black dancing in his underwear and jumping in a pool wearing a cowboy hat to like these like exotic dancers, you know, busting out to a groove of a beat and like uh grandmas yelling at people about getting off their lawn i mean it just it to me it became one of the most fascinating pieces of social media that i had ever seen and right there in that growing trend was ethan trace now ethan is an actor he works in the in the film industry but he does impressions and so he really goes all in and does his impressions on tiktok and he's got He's got 2 million followers. He's also growing on YouTube and Instagram. I met him at a conference that I moderated about how to be an influencer. Now, I think influ the term influencer can be a little controversial to some. I remember when I was kind of coming up in the in the in the ranks as an author and these things were were, you know, popping up and you know, you would quickly learn that social media was how you promoted your book. And so the social media stuff was always an effort for me to get people to buy my books. And then people were like doing social media just to do social media. And it, and it's become like an actual profession. And uh, Ethan Trace is right there in the thick of it. He talks about some of the new films he's in that's coming out soon, including a Christmas movie. I can't wait for Jacqueline and I to cuddle up and watch that this Christmas. We like watching Christmas movies together. It's a little of a little bit of a thing of ours. But anyway, uh, enjoyed this week's episode with uh, Ethan Trace. And I'm telling you, he's a fascinating dude. Enjoy. But first, a word from our sponsors. 291 Colorado Whiskey aims to create a one-of-a-kind, bold, and beautiful Colorado whiskey. Rugged, refined, rebellious. Distillery 291 is an award-winning small-batch whiskey distillery located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak. Owner and founding distiller Michael Myers grew up on family farms in Georgia and Tennessee, across a countryside defined by rolling hills, horses, and whiskey. He set out to create a flagship whiskey that evoked the Wild West. A cowboy walking into a bar saying, give me a whiskey, and the bartender slamming down a bottle, a bottle of 291 Colorado Whiskey. Find a bottle near you at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, 
to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. And joining the Fred Minnick Show is Ethan Trace. How you doing, sir? Good to be here, Fred. Now you're I'm a bourbon. You're, well. you're uh you're you're a bourbon lover. I love this. When did you when did you when did you get into bourbon? Well, um, my dad had always um been quite the connoisseur himself, and after I turned twenty one, uh, the the drink the first drink I ever had legally was Tom Collins, and because. Um, I went to college parties and people mostly drank beer, but I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, everybody drinks beer, but you know, there's gotta be more to life than beer. And, uh, like, so started with like gin and, uh, and then I'd ask my dad, Hey, what, what's something that you, uh, personally enjoy? And he's like, okay, something I personally enjoy, but your mother doesn't like the smell of, so I never really touch it is, uh, like Jack ancient age, um, and Jim Beam, so I try try them for myself now. Uh, like if if you're a kid, when uh, you see your parents having a drink, uh, and you're like, "Ooh, can I try?" And they're like, oh, "Okay," but and then you're just like, "Ah, ah." But uh, as an adult, when I I tried it, it was pretty pretty good. And you got you got the affection for for it, and and you work in, uh, you know, listen, you're if, for those uh, who haven't who haven't joined TikTok yet, and you know you know you're kind of a celebrity you not you're not kind of a celebrity you are like a god on tiktok and uh you know for for doing doing like you know your own thing and not necessarily following trends and and it's like the the what you drink is like so much a part of a, a personality and i want to go through some of your impressions and uh you 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 have a a wide you have a wide level of uh, impressions that you do with various characters. What what character that you impersonate on TikTok or wherever is is a bourbon drinker? Oh well, I would say Captain Jack Sparrow, but he's definitely rum. But uh, I'd be the same as McConaughey. He's pretty right on up there. <laughs> well, he. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So. He actually has a bourbon. He actually, yeah. Wow, yeah. Turkey Long Branch. Yeah. <laughs> I actually tried it. it. It was pretty good. Right on. So I sent you I sent you some good stuff today. I sent you some Frey Ranch. This is coming out of uh, – this is a small distillery in Nevada. I sent you something that does not exist yet, and the person oh. – this is the brand is called Success, and it's from like a, a wholesale broker. And so he actually asked me not to share it with anybody, but I very rarely listen to people when they tell me something. So I thought you would do uh, <laughs> Well, you picked a good thing to test it on, for it, sure. It's, it's, I've tasted it. It's excellent. Uh, I sent you a, uh, a four-gate, 
This is a uh, beautiful uh, rye whiskey finished in uh, uh, different, a new oak. And then uh, I think the star of the party for you is the, is the Michter's 10-year-old. Yes. So I'm excited. I'm excited to taste all these with you. Now we met in uh, we met in a virtual world called Deggy World for a uh, college um, a college conference, and we I emceed a panel called uh, How to Become an Influencer. And you know, one of the things that we talked about in that session was that you know there's a lot of lot of misinterpretation and misnomers about what an influencer is. And a lot of people think you don't actually put any work into it, but that's not true. You put a whole heck of a lot of work in everything that you do. Absolutely. Um, which was ironic that we met at the um, through the panel and the virtual world uh, talking to college kids because it was actually my freshman year of college right when the social media app that doesn't exist anymore called Vine came out. Mm -hmm. And that's about the time that I started becoming uh, try to become an influencer, but I was also trying to get my degree. Um, and I later learned what I had more of a passion for. Uh, and so I dropped out of college my freshman year, um, and realized that music is a big part of my life. But I, I actually originally was a music performance major, uh, because I was a tuba player. Mm. And so I was pretty much studying like all the, uh, all the, the courses that music teachers and, uh, performers, um, uh, for symphonies, uh, take like music theory um small ensemble and all that but i later realized at the end of the day with how much i was putting into vine uh and trying to do stuff on youtube that my passion truly lies in the entertainment field so i took a year off worked um worked a minimum wage job in the kitchen and then re-enrolled in another college uh and started learning um got my degree in film at chattahoochee tech which is located in georgia uh right outside of atlanta and I realized I could take my knowledge for um, for that and put it into being an influencer and take it even further than what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that it, it's uh, they're like, oh, my God, people are just making videos with their phone. And it's like um, if you knew how much the people who actually take this like seriously as a job, like you said, um, do off screen off the phone, um, it would blow your mind because. Um, a lot of people think, oh, well, if they're an influencer, they're probably making bank, you know, like they're verified. They got like a million or two million followers. Uh, so they're probably making like thousands of dollars when the, the harsh truth to that is it's not, uh, that only really happens to the top hundred, um, or so influencers on TikTok, which, uh, names like Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, um, all those people they're making like six figures um but a lot of us to to us social media uh being an influencer is no different than how other people work a job like whether it's working at a restaurant as a waiter or working uh working a 32k a year job uh at the end of the day that sometimes uh sometimes we can do very well sometimes not so much, but that is like how we support ourselves. We pay rent, pay for our groceries, uh, and allow to support ourselves um, whilst we continue to make content for people. And like we're we're on the like right here is my home office. Uh, every morning I get up, I check my email. Uh, I'm emailing companies about brand deals and possible possible collaborations. Um, messaging my friends who live either nearby or live across 
across the country and just brainstorming ideas for content to do. Uh, we're keeping our eyes on TikTok's analytics like 24-7. Uh, like just recently, TikTok's uh, algorithm was not doing that well, and all of our posts were doing not so good. And so we're like, hold on. Now, we know if we have a good idea, we're not going to waste it when the algorithm is bad. So we're going to be like testing out the waters, and we're like, anybody else is doing, doing good yet? Or like uh, we're constantly uh, – I'm in five group chats with um, like – a probably combined total of a hundred plus creators and we are messaging in each other uh back and forth insights um possible collaboration ideas and just keeping each other informed like pretty much all day mm-hmm. you know that's that is a uh, that's amazing you you, you kind of broke down my my head's exploding here with like the algorithm because we are we are just uh, following what other, whatever the algorithm gives us, you know, and it, it's got to be a little frustrating for you at times when you feel like you got something that crushes, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not hitting the algorithm. I will say, um, on average, most of the time, uh, comparatively, a video that you're going to put a lot of effort into is not going to do as well as a video like that you do off the cuff like a lot of my videos that have gone viral were just comedic rants where i'm like kicking down the door to a bathroom and then standing in front of the mirror and um and pe- people just like that energy and then it's like i i only took two minutes to make that but i got like my nice camera out to shoot a dramatic looking movie scene and that only ended up with like two thousand likes after three days but it's weird like um it's very hit or miss sometimes you know, and the unfortunate part for, for you when it comes to, like, brand collaborations from my world is the spirits industry looks at TikTok as very dangerous. Uh, you know, it does not – you know, there's been a lot of uh, companies that have made sure that their that their brands are not on TikTok because it skews so young. But not Absolutely. On, but not on Instagram. You've got also got a really strong Instagram following. Absolutely. That's, this is actually another reason I'm really excited to be here because, um, with, uh, just my recent success, like I only started seeing, uh, the success that I had been shooting for, for seven years within the past two years. Mm-hmm. And when I finally started collaborating with companies, what I kept asking people was, Hey, something I'm really interested in, uh, advertising because it's a goal of mine one day to, uh, like, uh, when I'm successful to come up with my own is, advertising for bourbon or something and every time i'm it's like i'm shooting blanks people are like ah we don't have connections or ah yeah good luck with that and i'm just like (laughs) yeah it's but definitely understandable because like the target audience like with what i was used to uh it's definitely been uh, an adjustment for sure uh like buying okay and for all the younger listeners out there i apologize but you ask what you could have gotten away with back in the day there were porn stars posting porn like they were full on naked on Vine. Like pretty much anything went on Vine. And that slowly started to phase out with mm. uh, like updating their community guidelines and all that stuff. Um, but the target audience with Vine was pretty much like um, eight, uh, 16 oh, to. Sorry, Alexa. <laughs> it was pretty much like 16 to pretty much however old and there was a lot of target audience that was like in their 20s but with tiktok it is there is a lot of children 
and which is why I've I've had I've made slight adjustments throughout the um, throughout my social media career because um, like my um, my comedic idols uh, Eddie Murphy Chris Rock um, Mel Brooks not exactly the cleanest folks so anytime I have an idea where I'm like ooh, oh <laughs> um, but I've even cut back like on how much profanity I used to use and, um, it's definitely been an adjustment, but alcohol on, I, I, I will say I have been guilty of getting a couple of videos taken down because they've had like a wine bottle or a beer bottle or like a drink in frame. But, it, um, it's, so it's something TikTok yeah. will take them down if you have a, if you have alcohol in there. Well, they used to, I haven't really had that problem in the past year. Um, but I definitely could see the difficulty of advertising it on TikTok for sure. Now, my uh, on on the podcast I'm on uh, Bourbon Pursuit. My my uh, my partner Kenny uh, put up put up a a, viral, a video that went viral, and he he kind of created uh, Bourbon TikTok. So Bourbon TikTok's a thing. Exactly. There's pretty much a fan base or for everything out there. Like I I have been on TikTok. Uh, to like 2 a.m. and I have found welding TikTok. That's one of my favorite places to be. There's yeah, it's like and if there's welding TikTok, there's got to be other adult interests out there. Make sure you protect your eyes when you're watching welding TikTok. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump into jump into the bourbon tasting here. We're gonna start with success because that's essentially what we've been talking about here. Now this is. This is a bruiser from a proof perspective. You know, it's 127.5 proof. But oh, yeah. This is a 13-year-old uh, Kentucky bourbon that is going to definitely, you know, get you excited. And I'll tell you, I, I get... I, I get a lot of guests on the show that, that, get, that are interested in starting a bourbon down the road or, or something like that. I think you might be the first one who is like, I'd like to have a bourbon like advertise, you know, with me on, on on my Instagram. And I think there's a lot of brands who are actually interested in that. But everybody, everybody wants to see like, you know, I, I think everybody wants to have like unique content. So as you are tasting these, if you have a personality that comes to mind, you know, bring it like consider this an audition for like you know developing a bourbon uh personality you know for your new campaign absolutely so, like you know the difference i would say between me and a lot of other people for sure um a lot of people if you ask them what would they want if they got rich and famous and they're like oh well i get a uh, a couple of big houses and like a lot of fast cars and a yacht or something. Uh, me, I like it simple house on the East coast with a nice car. How not too nice, like a Mustang house on the West coast for work on the film industry with a nice car, like Mustang and spend my time focusing on, uh, learning, uh, a fine craft, like, um, like the world of bourbon. Right on. All right. So, so bourbon is uh, is made from predominantly corn, and it goes into uh, the barrel. Uh, it clears the water from your tap, and so bourbon is a type of whiskey 
and the other types of whiskey like scotch and canadian whiskey and irish whiskey they're going into used barrels and so i like to assess the color and we're looking at a 13 year old bourbon there's not a lot of 13 year old bourbons on the market these days 13 no, years not. old and so you look at this and this look at that color i mean that's just that is straight up amber to it to like a brown color you know swirled around a little bit and just kind of look at those legs and this is to me this is a beautiful looking appearance wise there's a little some hues there like purple hues on the sides the it's clarity just, is really impressive on this it's just it's just beautiful and so swirled around a little bit bring it to your nose and then when you smell when you smell bourbon smell it with your mouth open that opens up your olfactory and relaxes it a little bit and allows you to um to smell more than just the alcohol fumes definitely so it's a lot, a lot like a lot like wine tasting yeah it is yeah. a lot like wine but with wine you know wine is a uh, obviously is not as high in alcohol so oh yeah absolutely you know. like my dad and i actually made wine for wine for the past five years so oh, there's awesome. definitely a lot that goes into the um uh like the fermentation process and then uh the filtering into the uh filtering into the tanks and then you got to filter it again to get all the mm. sediment out mm. definitely seems like a lot easier uh filtration process on the bourbon end of that for sure well they, they've got they've got their steps uh but um it you know when they when they first start there's a lot of char in there and they'll sane that out but that that char can actually taste pretty good in barbecue oh yeah so now after we kind of nosed it we we put it on the palate and you know see what we all think. right Whoa! There's okay. Did somebody turn like pure electricity into a drink? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just tasted that. Like wow! But like I bet you, I bet you don't get a lot of people on this show who don't flinch when when they uh when they taste their bourbon for sure. I saw that uh that Charles Woodson clip. Um, it's like oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh... It, you you caught him tasting that uh, that nineteen forty five one that was like really god awful. Oh, oh god! But this is uh, you know here. I mean, this thing. I started you off right. One hundred twenty seven proof, and it, it is it is bringing the heat. But you can still get the flavor. I'm going to add some water though. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to add a little water. I was told to. Uh... My dad, dad recommended, uh, when I told him I was coming on the show, he, he's like, all right, now what you're going to do if you're going to be tasting is definitely like add a little water in there. Otherwise, your taste buds are going to be fried while you're, before you even get to the rest of them. For sure. And I, and I did start you with the, the heavy heater. Oh, yeah. I, I guess that was kind of cruel of me. I don't know why. I think I was just so excited to taste <laughs> it. Again. You're perfectly fine. You're perfectly <laughs> fine. I, like, I'm, I'm feeling all warm and toasty now. <laughs> So one of the things that I have I have noticed with you know you know people with like extremely long large uh, you know social media followings is that you know followers can sometimes like turn against you and like you get in the comments and like say I want this I want that and you know I mean how do you how do you deal with that like constant pull pulling on you from from followers and people who want to see something else out of you well, I'll tell you what, I've been in this game for seven years now, and that's something I keep having to remind all my friends who are fairly new to this. 
Um, like just just recently, um, there were we had a meetup where we uh, all got COVID tested and ourselves to the same house uh, to quarantine together to make content for two weeks, which is the recommended quarantine period uh, in Orlando. Um, and we're like a bunch of cosplayers, and there were some people that were coming uh, out in the comments. But I'm I'm um, I'm reminding everybody, hey, you're doing the best you can. You you put disclaimers out there. Um, clearly, there there were there were going to be people who were upset. But a lot of times that I've learned, and this definitely going the extra mile more than other people. But you look into it. If you go to the hate comments, most of the time you click on their profile, TikTok tells you if they follow you, most of the time they don't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and there are people who don't even have a picture of themselves as a profile picture. It's like some picture from Fortnite or something, and they've only got like four followers. And uh, those are the haters. Now, I will say there are, um, there are the mild versions or the nicer um, versions of those. Where you see, like, for example, uh, what really blew was one of my benchmark uh, uh, blow up points on social media was when I started doing uh, Eddie Murphy. And um, people come to know it as the Mushu voice because, you know, how, how can you convey uh, your talents so that kids can understand? It's like, well, you know, I like doing an Eddie Murphy impression. Now, what, what do kids know Eddie Murphy as a Mushu? And people like i've done a, a lot of mushu videos but i try not to run it into the ground so that i can keep doing it later on uh because like uh i saw in an interview with sammy hagar that said it best sammy said he wanted uh to start he wanted to be on top and he wanted to start filling out bigger stadiums and his agent said no you don't and here's why because you're at number five right now and that is the sweet spot you don't want to be a number one you know why? Because it's going to be great. It's going to be big, but then you're going to get it and people are going to get sick of you. Mm -hmm. Now, what you want to do is remember, like, just fly in that sweet spot, which is what I try to do. So I do a bunch of stuff uh, where people are like, bring Mushu back. I'm like, I will, but I'm not going to do him repeatedly because then people will be like, ah, he just, that's all he does is Mushu or the other voices. So I try to space it out. But at the end of the day, long story short, what you just got to remember is um, there's only a few of those people every now and then. Uh, they're just like speed bumps or potholes in the road. But if you just remember that uh, a lot, it's like running a marathon. Mm -hmm. You hit a pothole when you're running a marathon, it's going to happen. But if you got a bunch of people who are cheering you on on, on the side uh, the whole time, all the way to the end, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Right on, man. That's some, that's some great advice. Um, you know, in, in whiskey, there are a lot of – there is kind of like a growing trend of, uh, you know, in influencers. And, and it's, a, it's, it's, a little, it's a little different. Um, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, somebody taking a picture next to a bottle. Sometimes it's like breaking out, you know, the tastings of it. Uh, but it, it's like – it's like my genre, you know, and I come from, I'm an author, and I got on all this stuff to basically promote my books and my my events. And, um, and you know, so I was really late to the game on social media. And so to get on there and, like, see what people have built and, 
and everything. I really do. I I respect it, but the whiskey community does not always respect it. If that makes any sense, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of ah like, because they're like ah no like this is not doing the whiskey justice. It, yeah, it's just like you're holding a bottle and not really. You know, exactly talking about it or something. It's like know? a commercial. Like, is yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the rule with uh, with commercials with alcohol is like you could show off the product, but people like are not allowed to consume it on in frame. Uh, you know, you're talking about like on TV and stuff. Yes. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not entirely sure on that one. There's there's a lot of guidelines that they have. I don't think there's an actual law. I think it might it might range for from network to network, but there's uh there's been a lot of weird like guidelines over there. It's like they had one where women couldn't hold a bottle for Oh god, a, that's a terrible. Time. Yeah, I mean it was that that got pulled off in like 1987. So Now, I will tell you this. I have had um from what from being in quarantine, um for almost a year now, one thing that I have decided I decided to do, open my mind to uh, is YouTube and a bunch of other creators on YouTube to get ideas uh, so that I can do it myself. And I thought, hey, what's something I could do? And if I have an idea for a show that I want to tell you, would you recommend me talking about it on here or in private? No, oh, whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, as long uh -huh. as you, as long as you, as long as you're comfortable letting the world know because you know i have i do youtube and you'll get you'll get some youtuber love out there absolutely okay so my so one of the ideas in the works that i want to do have you ever seen a show called hot ones yep mm -hmm. yeah okay so i liked i liked his concept um it's it's like an interview but it take it takes it takes the weight off the interview kind of by um just putting some doing doing something while being interviewed and i really liked that concept now one thing that i uh like you said the whiskey world doesn't really get as much attention as a lot of people would like it on social media i figure why not why not combine worlds like this now uh pretty much like what we're doing right now uh what could be a great uh great promo for a bunch of companies big and small uh if they have any small batches or any local breweries any big breweries non-breweries, uh, distilleries, my bad, mm -hmm. um, that would like to show off their products because I know a lot of them are out there. Like, uh, for example, you said you sent me something from Nevada. I yeah. didn't even know that there was any distilleries in Nevada. Actually, we we will we will taste that one now. I just poured mine. If you want to go ahead and pour yours, it's, it's uh, oh. Frey, Frey Ranch. Frey Ranch, absolutely. Um, now, what I had in mind was um, – like five or five or six shots, five or six different types of whiskeys, five or six questions, and call it wild on whiskey. You have uh, people come in like cele celebrities, influencers, actors, um, personalities, and just uh, come in and whether they're um, they're bourbon aficionados or people who would be open to trying them, mm -hmm. just get their get their opinions on them and. Uh, really just um, mo modernize the approach to uh, av advertising it because especially with the younger generation, it's like, now I do not encourage underage drinking, but as people get older, they're um, especially Gen Z, they're like, oh, I don't even know what to try. Well, it's like, hey, here's something you could open your mind to. 
Um, and hearing it from somebody who you could probably relate to, you could definitely trust. Yeah, and that's one thing like YouTube is like uh, you know uh, brought for me is like I've gotten a lot of uh, follow a lot of followers you know from uh, uh, who are younger and you know hot ones comes up a lot with me you know because I do bring in uh, you know people from all walks of life you know whether it's Ludacris or Charles Woodson or yourself and and I have. Um, I have a kind of a long form background of, you know, interviewing style. And, and I, I like, I like what whiskey brings out of people, you know, for a conversation and, and like it loosens people up, you know? So I, I, Absolutely. Think, I think that's great. I think that's it's great. like, um, I will definitely say this, um, whiskey or have, having, uh, having love for the spirit world is uh, spirit world I, I immediately thought of avatar the last airbender but <laughs> um <laughs> i will say this what a, people will talk about as their interests in public or everyday conversation says one thing about them but i will say this what people choose to uh as their drink really says a lot about them but absolutely like, um it, it's 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 like when you're um you're watching the movies and the popular guy uh, hangs out with the goth chick who turns out to eventually become the love interest and realize, oh, you know, personality over, you know, uh, superficialness, you know, prevails. Right. But it's like that moment in the movie where she's like, um, yeah, like, I, I really love Motley Crue. And he's like, Motley Crue? You like Motley Crue? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I never would have guessed that about you. And it's like, yeah, well, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. That to me is what um, I love about uh, the bourbon world because you never know for sure. Yeah, it, you know, bourbon transcends politics and religious beliefs, and well, there are some religions that don't allow drinking. But oh yeah, absolutely. The, um, I believe more the Mormons. Yeah, Mormon Mormons are like the only religion that will actually like their followers will typically completely stay away from it. Um, Islam. Uh, Baptists, you know, once they're away from their flock, they will all drink. <laughs> <laughs> not Mormons. Yeah. Not Mormons. Uh, I, I grew I, I grew up going to a United Methodist church, and we always passed um, the Baptist church on the way. And you know, like something we'd always joke about uh, when we get when we get back, uh, like when we start heading home, we'd hit the church traffic. You know, which is when the police officers come out and start directing traffic, and then you're like. Huh. Oh, they must not be done with their first service yet. <laughs> Whole lot more praying. They do all some right. praying. Oh, yeah. All right, Don't we all, though? Now you're going into Frey Ranch. So they grow all their own grains on, on their farm. Heck, yeah. Where did you say they were They were the ones from yeah, they're, Nevada? They're, yeah, they're in Nevada. Hmm. This, all is, right. uh, this is 126 proof. So I'm I'm lighting you are up. You, are you sure it's 126 proof? The bottle says 90. Oh, you know what? I'm tasting a different bottle than you. <laughs> oh, dang. Why can't you share that through the through the screen? Oops. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I'm tasting the 126 proof one, and you got the, uh, the 90 proofer. Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, that still tastes pretty good. This is this is very nice. It's like 
So you 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 mentioned uh, in our panel and a little bit here that you also work work in film. What do you what do you do on the in the film side? I know or I, I know you're working your way to be in front of the camera, but you're behind the camera as well. Absolutely. I actually got my like I said I got my degree in film, and I started uh, to go to work to a small film company here in uh, North Georgia, and started out as like PA uh, slash grip. Carrying equipment, running errands, and people uh, like there were a couple of casting agents on set for one of these uh, movies we were shooting, and they're like, "Who's your agent?" And I'm like, hey, "I don't have an agent." And they're like, "You got too much talent and personality to be behind the camera." And so that's when I started getting uh, uh, into acting. I'm actually um, upcoming projects that you will be seeing me in uh, this year are, is a film called The Next Twenty Four. Okay which is a film about um, sex trafficking and how that is, that is a, it's a, it's a problem that's not entirely talked about um, too much. Like, I think the only movie, like big movie that I've seen that talks about the problem is uh, Taken with Liam Neeson Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But there's that. And I I actually play a bad guy in the film. So really looking forward to everybody seeing that. Um, Not sure if they're ready to see, um, Ethan Trace, uh, not be Ethan Trace for once. Uh, and also, this upcoming Christmas, you will be seeing me in another film called uh, Christmas at the Great Horse Inn, which will also be in theaters and uh, be able to view for your holiday pleasure. But I also, what I, my biggest passion for sure is to one day aspire to be a director, but uh, my biggest passion is definitely screenwriting for sure. Awesome. Do you do you do you have to tap into a different part of the Ethan Trace brain from uh, you know to do these things, or is it the same uh, Ethan Trace we see on uh, TikTok? Well, yes and no. I feel like um, my personality really shows on TikTok, but lo- like uh, like I said earlier, uh, there's a lot of kids on the app, um, and a lot a lot of things that I keep telling people. Um, with TikTok, especially if that's where you're starting out on getting your following, is the ac- is it, is it acronym when uh, each letter in the word stands for something? Yeah, acronym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. So, like, um, sim- the simpler and the more visually appealing it is, the better. But, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I, try, I try to show it a little bit in some of my videos. Like, uh, one of the things I like to share... Uh, for videos that actually do pretty well sometimes are, uh, for example, uh, animated films. Uh, it's like uh, talking about the voice actors, uh, like voice actors you might not have known. Uh, for example, Mulan. Uh, Mulan was voiced by uh, Ming-Na Wen, who plays uh, Chun-Li in Street Fighter. And um, I, I can't remember the, her name off the top of my head, but the new uh, character in uh, Mandalorian which is going to be in the book of Boba Fett uh, as well. And she still looks amazing, by the way. She's like 60-something, and she still looks like she's 40. Um, or, for example, uh, Lee Shang's father um, was the voice of Mr. – the voice of Lee Shang's father was Mr. Taikaki from Die Hard. The emperor was uh, Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. Um, the um, the council, uh, the guy with the clipboard – uh, was the actor who played Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. It's and people 
not not a lot of people look into this kind of information. And so when you simplify it for them like that and share like something in a, in a field that you love, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Like, that's the same guy. <laughs> it's like something that I enjoy doing, but I definitely, when I'm by myself off camera, um, I do not show really a lot of who I am on social media because um, like one, you got to keep it a little bit of mystery. Uh, but two, like there is so much more going on up in my head than uh, I let on. Uh, especially with, uh, oh, they're, they're, um, like I have written, uh, an entire first season of a TV series that I'm hoping to pitch, um, someday, but, uh, what, what's actually upcoming, uh, hopefully within this year, it's been delayed because of COVID, but, um, script that I wrote is going to be made into a feature film. Awesome. Um, and so we're working on that. Uh, the project is called Edouard Ridge and it's a horror, um, thriller type movie. And I'm really excited to share that with everybody. Thank you. Um, but like, th those are the type of serious things that I do in my, in my free time. Like I really enjoy, um, writing. It's like once, once you, you get into writing and you, you sit yourself in front of the computer and you just let, you just let the creative side of your brain take over. And that, mm -hmm. and quite frankly, that is a side of my brain that I, I really wish I could get to exercise more often, but I feel I I'm often restricted sometimes with like, say community guidelines or um you know just living in the real world where you can't uh necessarily do everything that you want to do but in on paper you can be anything pretty much mm -hmm. yeah I, I i love that and we're going to go to the the four gate uh ride now the split stave finished in uh american white oak and charred cast now, just to make sure we're on the same bottle this time yeah. <laughs> this is 112 proof 112 proof that's right excellent all right and again if you'd like to um if you'd like to send these companies my way in my dms after afterwards i would love that because oh yeah this i'll be is incredible i'll be uh i'll you'll be getting some uh you'll be getting some additional uh gifts and such from uh from from brands Absolutely. These are incredible. Shout out to all these in, uh, companies. So far, we've tasted the uh, White Dog Success, Frey Ranch, and Fourgate. And then after that, we have uh, the Michter's Small Batch and then the Michter's Single Barrel. Really excited about that single barrel, by the way. I've only ever had one single barrel in my life, and that was the um, Jack Daniels uh, Single Barrel. Way smaller bottle, by the way. So Step, really Stepping on for... up. Stepping on up. Oh, yeah. We are going to go after this one. We're going to go straight into the the Michter's ten year old, and the 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 Michter's small batch will be for you for another time. Uh, the reason why I'm out of it, and uh, we, uh, although I have a lot of bottles in my office, we apparently gave away my last bottle of the Michter's. Uh, you know the regular Michter's bourbon. So. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. My apologies on that. No, that's that's what that's what they're here for. All right. Well. Well, this is smelling really good to me. This really does smell good. All right. Fourgate. Now, where, where's where's the Fourgate company located? Uh, Four, Fourgate is in Louisville, Kentucky. They are a uh, basically a blending house or someone who acquires uh, stocks from uh, distillers and then puts them in a in a barrel. Uh, they do a lot of finishing. So they, um, it's actually uh, a colleague, a whiskey writing colleague started this brand and they're, they're all right. Absolutely. They actually, all right. They, they actually won my best barrel finish of 2020. Really? 
So All right, go. down the hatch. Cheers, my friend. Ooh, oh, that is good. Oh god, that's smooth. That's like see, this is a side that people don't really get to see on on TikTok. Um, just like like this dude, this dude likes likes drinking bourbon. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, normally all they see is the Jim Carrey side, and it's like the oh yes, quite. They're like, who, who is this guy? Oh my goodness, nah, de de definitely not like the country club scene in uh, Trading Places, but um, definitely definitely uh, quite the connoisseur for sure. This is a really great blend. All right, Absolutely. so you're you're a Jim Carrey guy. Where do you sit with Ace Ventura? Ace Ventura, um, I will say, um, my personal favorite Jim Carrey movies are the top five or top three does not include Ace Ventura, but it is definitely Jim Carrey at his Jim Carrey's for sure. <laughs> oh, I did that. Roger Protector did not commit suicide. He was murdered. My favorite scene, I will say, that definitely made me piss myself. The first time I ever watched it was the sliding glass door scene. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> I will say, my favorite um, Jim Carrey movies um, are probably, uh, number one, Bruce Almighty. Because I feel it that one teeters the line of, mm -hmm. like, of good, of like good down to earth acting and then just uh like acting that only Jim Carrey could pull off. Mm -hmm. Then you got um Liar Liar. Yeah, yeah. Um yes. And uh Truman Show and uh The Grinch. Uh the Gr the Grinch. Oh my goodness. J there are some stories behind the Grinch. Jim Carrey actually almost lost his mind on set of the Grinch because uh it would take eight hours to put uh to take the process on and off of his face. He actually brought in a military therapist uh, who who um, wow. who would talk to Marines with PTSD to talk him through getting the prosthetics on and off his face. But like I said, nobody else uh, comes to mind for the roles that he's played that could replace him for sure. Yeah, he's got a uh, and then what was the what was the movie that was like serious and you could see like his serious side. Uh, something sunshine. I want to see. Oh, that. oh, crap! Hold on. There's like he, um, the, the 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 picture of the of the poster is like his head is like by a flower pot. Um, uh, hmm. I can't I can't think of it, but he was brilliant in that. <laughs> hey, hey, I came real prepared here. What's that? Absolutely. Was it recent? Oh, like fifteen years. Hold on, let me, let me do some Googling. Let Jim me see. A flower Carrey. pot, you said. Uh, sun Eternal Sunshine. That's it. Eternal Sunshine. I haven't seen that one. I will oh, I will man. have to put it on my watch list. Dude, that's like a brilliant movie. That's that's like, uh, I I mean, this is a weird comparison, but, you know, it's kind of, it, it's it's serious. It's like Godfather serious, you know? Really? He, yeah, and he's like a, uh, he's struggling and you you can see his like, you know his dramatic actor uh, status in there. So, and, and that's you know definitely one thing I wanted to. Oh, sorry. No, go go ahead. 
that's definitely uh one thing like i said uh that i wanted to show um not just through my social media but through acting as well um which is why i i do not do the same thing over and over again because i do not want to be pigeonholed and typecasted right like while i am the jim carrey guy of tiktok or one of them one of them, there's actually a few of us um I do not want to be typecasted as just that guy. It's like, hey, you know, because one of the things that fascinates me the most is playing bad guy roles. Like, yeah. my favorite character to this day, uh, like, you asked me what the best bad guy performance I've ever seen, and I will continue. I always rewatch this movie to get my motivation going again. Ah, is Heath Ledger. As yeah. the Joker in the Dark Knight, absolutely flawless performance. I I, I am a thousand percent with you on that one. Uh, that was the best, and you know it's sad. Uh, you know Joaquin absolutely. Phoenix won like a, he won a, an Oscar. I and, just recently watched that one for the first time. I yeah, and it was I didn't watch it. It was good, time. but it wasn't. Heath I will say this: it was good if you if you watched it from an acting standpoint. Mm -hmm. But I myself could not see it as part of the DC universe as a Joker movie. But his acting was phenomenal in that. And I, I'm, I'm only so harsh a critic because the Joker is my favorite, is one of my favorite characters. And it is a role that I myself hope to do my own rendition of one day on the big screen. Like, it, it's only because I hold that, I hold that role to such a high standard. Like, we, we don't talk about, we don't talk about the other yeah, we don't talk about Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> yeah, hey, you'll be you, previously on the show. We we had uh, Mitch Garens, who's the is the uh, is the artist for Batman and the and the graphics really? side, the comic book side. And um, you know, we had a conversation about like what what bad guy would be a bourbon drinker, and the Joker the Joker came up so. Maybe, maybe, maybe the bourbon can help you get get to the the Joker status. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I myself really think the um, God, who is it? Uh, Two Face or um, Two Two Face or the Riddler would definitely be a uh, bur bourbon drinkers for sure. The Riddler, the Riddler just the Riddler annoys me. See, okay, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're going to, um, the one thing that I will say, uh, as much as I loved, oh, yeah, another Jim Carrey. I loved Jim Carrey in Batman Forever, where he played the Riddler, but the Riddler in the comics is actually way, way, way more dialed down. He's actually, like, more calm and collected and yeah. um, should show his intelligence. Like, I actually got really excited. Remember, before The Dark Knight Rises came out, the rumor was that, uh, one of the rumors for the villains was that Neil Patrick Harris was going to play the Riddler. Mm. Like I would, I That'd was actually forward to that. Yeah, he he's a great actor. Like, uh, I would absolutely love to work with him someday. So, who's your favorite Batman from an acting perspective? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to divide that up into two categories. Um, I will say, um, from a Bruce Wayne, for Bruce Wayne, the best Bruce Wayne I have seen was probably Michael Keaton. Oh. But, oh yes, classic, classic. Um, but, we're talking Batman. I know a lot of Batman comic fanatics are probably going to differ in opinion. But, gotta go with Christian Bale. 
I gotta go with Christian Bale on that one. He's like he was such he he was such a badass, and like that was the one thing that I loved that they showed. Now, uh, granted, you know the '80s, you know people weren't you know exactly looking at you know that high of a budget back then. Um, a fun fact, fun fact, actually, which illustrates my point for why they probably didn't even go that far. Why they were just looking to make it like a fun comic-y movie, which perfect Jack Nicholson Joker. Uh, uh, but they weren't thinking about like Ra's al Ghul in the League of Assassins back then. Um, fun fact: they actually asked originally before Jack Nicholson, they asked John Lithgow to play the Joker. Mm. And um, by so basically, Tim Burton actually met up with John Lithgow for lunch to talk about it. And by the end of the lunch, John Lithgow was like, <laughs> "Seriously, who would come see a movie about Batman?" Wow. And would probably later uh, live to eat his words. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, like he like just kind of like uh, the last thing I could think him about in was uh, Dexter, you know, where he was like the he you know, he was like a mentor for a serial killer. Like his, he, he's a great actor. Oh, absolutely. Really the one thing character. I will say about John Lithgow that I um it's I. I, I will say this. John Lithgow either plays a total wimp or a total crazy awesome bad guy. Like, if you, because um, I'm known, I, okay, now I'm known uh, John Lithgow for roles like, first thing I ever, you know, saw John John Lithgow in was the voice of Lord Farquaad in Shrek. The run, yes. run, run, as fast yeah. as you can. I'm the gingerbread man. Uh, but later went on to see that he was uh, like the dad of Barney, Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother. Um, and then he was, but he was also um, contrary to that. Um, he was the pastor in Footloose. Yes. And yeah. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it because my dad recommended it to me. I never heard of the movie and I watched it and was like, oh my God. Why did he not win an Oscar for this? Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. He oh, plays yeah, a yeah. killer bad guy. And I'm just like, did he just shoot that dude in the face? <laughs> like John Lithgow just did. Right on. Yeah, he's uh, he he's one of those interesting characters. You you brought up Footloose. I keep going back to this. Like, here we are in 2021, and it's hard to imagine this, but dancing was very much against the law in some areas and now we still live in a world where you live in georgia right you live you're in georgia yeah i live in georgia okay, so, so georgia still has dry counties still has dry counties. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. illegal to drink in some to buy alcohol in some parts of georgia i mean what the heck is wrong I don't know. I would say this. No, okay. Can I just, uh, you know, make a public statement on this podcast right now? <laughs> on behalf of myself and the majority of people in Georgia, as much as it's been uh, in the eyes, excuse me, in the eyes of the entire country lately, politically, um, we are not all like that. I promise you. A lot of us in Georgia are great, loving people, and we do not all say y'all and grits. Like, um, but I will say this, yeah, um, 
like I, I tell everybody, um, you go down below the Piedmont line, which is like the southern half of the state, like once you get below the perimeter of Atlanta, and it's just a straight shot down I-75 through flat country. Uh, that interstate is more um, is more undecided than a broke man going into a casino because it's like on one on one <laughs> half you're like uh, you're like oh my god, and then on the other one you're like maybe I shouldn't. Uh, it's it's like ha- all the way to Florida. It's half adult superstores slash strip club billboards, and then the other half is repent or burn signs. And I'm just I always make myself laugh because I'm like. I wonder which which one came first because if you're like um um you're like hey adult superstores and then people are like oh fuck this will not do in my Christian county and they shall say uh, like repent for your sins or burn or my favorite idea that I like to hypothesize is that the repenter burn signs came first and then the strip club and adult superstore people were like <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> or, or or what if what if the the pastors and you know the deacons have shares in the porn hubs and the and the strip clubs that kids you know that that feeds into that you get the trucker coming out of there feeling all guilty and then they come in to get the lord and the, the sin washed away <laughs> Yeah, that literally makes me think of a scene from the Simpsons movie where like they put the dome on the on the city yeah. and then every it shows the bar and the church next door and everybody comes out of the bar and the church like everybody who goes out of the bar goes into the church and everybody who goes out of the church goes into the bar like I could definitely see that 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 is life and it, it's been it's been proven time again people who are for the dry counties are the are the people in the other counties and they are ten, they tend to be connected to churches and they have bootlegging schemes where they're making money off of the other county so it it's all and again and, and, and again um i just want to you know put a disclaimer out there a reminder i i am a comedian i do not you know i, I don't i do not hate on people's religious beliefs i am you know i'm just an entertainer i grew up a good christian boy myself as we go to the Michter's 10-year-old single barrel. Oh, yes. I am ex- <laughs> This is All the SpongeBob fans will get that out there. I have been looking forward to this. This has been... Okay, so for those of you who do not know the behind the scenes of how this show goes, um, Fred has the uh, the bourbon shipped out days to our houses days before the podcast. And so I unboxed it and put it on the shelf. This thing has been staring at me for a week. And so I'm like, God, mm, I I cannot wait to try this. And now the moment has come. We are here, and I cannot wait to try this. So That's a nice little corn pop you got there. Oh, you know, I try. You got some skills. Not my first time. All right. Fred, my friend, this is the Michter's Single Barrel Tenure. All right. I've been looking forward to this all week. Cheers. So, Fred, mind, mind if I mind if I put a little spin on this interview? How, um, where I ask you a question? Oh, please. Uh, you asked. Uh, I do. Um, uh, behind the scenes, and I told you that I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. What got you into writing? So I was. Um, 
I was real big into an organization called FFA, often known as uh, Future Farmers of America. We were winning. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. We were winning all these pig shows, you know, across the state in Oklahoma, and uh, my FFA teacher pulled me aside and said, "Hey, we're winning all this stuff, and we're not getting any attention for it." And this is in the '90s, before social media and all that, and you know the the idea of uh, of attention or getting people to understand what you're doing went through the county newspaper. So I started writing up these uh, news articles on like an old computer, like the thing is that big and had like maybe 56 kilobyte of memory in it. And I'm, oh god, I mean it's so it? tiny. And I'd print it on like this uh, uh, inkjet, or not an inkjet, like a bubble jet printer. I go, eh, 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 and then I get a get it and peel it off and peel off the paper, and then I would fax it in. And for those who don't know, a fax machine is something that you would put paper, it, you would put paper in it, dial a number, and then paper would come out to that other number. And I would fax it to this this newspaper called the Oklahoma County Newspaper. And when I saw my name and I saw my story in there for the first time, I was like, done. I am going to be a writer. I changed my entire, like, uh, you know, uh, trajectory for a career from being a veterinarian to, to being a writer. And veterinarian? I was going to be a vet. And then uh, I started writing and boom, it, that's kind of how it all took off. So. Maybe I should have you on my show when I launch it. Pick your brain a little more. That'd be fun. All right. Now, on to the moment we've all been waiting for, the Matrix 10-year single barrel. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Sweet Mary, Mother of God. That, holy crap, that is good. Yeah, wow, it's good. Like I feel, I feel like you, you know that. And if anybody who is listening, you're probably catching up on my pattern. I reference movies a lot. You know that scene in the Blues Brothers where they're in the church and the light <laughs> comes through the window onto John Belushi. Yes. Yeah, that's literally what I just felt on my taste buds. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen the light? The Lord is with you here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you channeled little Arsenio Hall there for a second. Coming to America. Oh By the gosh. way, yeah. Coming I, to America too. I can't I'm wait. A, I can't wait. Dude, they're bringing back all the original characters, and I'm so excited. Uh, oh. Especially, hey, man, just just give a hand for the man. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> Don't forget the Lord has blessed Paul. <laughs> His praise upon today. The Lord. I swear, like, I just rewatched that movie, like, a, a couple months ago. Okay. You you want to talk about... I, I will tell you this. Um, while we're on the podcast, I think you asked me um, a while ago, maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was somebody else, but how many videos have I had removed? Yeah, yeah, I just asked... Well, I didn't ask you that per se, but... I kind of brought up the, oh, you have videos removed. I've yeah. had videos removed. And I will tell you the one that I am the most bitter about for being removed. Because it was filmed so well. And it, again, like 
tooting my horn at impressions, but I am a sucker for recreating movie scenes. So we went to uh, talk talk about um, bourbon and um, and the wonderful world of it. Um, this was when we were up in Gatlinburg mm. at the Old Smoky Distillery. Oh yeah, yeah, I know those. I I filmed uh, with Moonshiners there. Great, great folks. I have. I am. Oh no, definitely... no, wait, wait, not Old Smoky. It was the other one, Sugarland. That's where I filmed. Never mind. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely. Well, okay, so we we went out uh, after this to the um, to the place where you uh, on on the downtown strip of uh, Gatlinburg in the mountains where you can taste test. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, more more pushing my passion to. I want to do something with this. So mm-hmm. Let's do it. Now, <laughs> we were staying at a we were staying at an Airbnb with a couple of our friends, one of my other influencer friends, uh, Primal Darkness, who has about four million followers on TikTok, and his wife and my girlfriend were up and I were up there uh, staying with them on like the top floor of this nine-story uh, like condo uh, uh, complex. So I went out on the balcony. And my friend Cliff, Primal Darkness, um, went all the way downstairs across. Okay, so it's one of those it's one of those uh, complexes where it's like um, there's a there's a lobby in the middle, and then it splits off like like a right angle. There's uh, condos over here and condos over here. He ran to the other side and hopped over somebody's um, somebody's terrace uh, guardrail onto the first floor so we could shoot this and it was literally recreating the scene um where they landed in the condo uh and coming to america where they landed in in the uh in the in the ghetto neighborhood uh and eddie murphy goes out onto the balcony he's like good morning my neighbors hey fuck you yes yes fuck you too Literally posted that before we left for home, and then I get home, and the video was seventy thousand likes, but my audio got removed because oh. they thought it was like violating community guidelines. I'm like, no, this was a perfect scene recreation, and a lot of people appreciated this. That is the video I will say to this day I'm the most bitter about getting removed. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's all good. You know, I hear YouTube's a lot more friendlier with that. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing about YouTube is is that, like, well, it may be friendly for things like that. For alcohol, it's not so friendly. So it's like— I've it's, heard. Yeah, so it's against, like, policy to put links into, into your uh, description or something that links back to, like, buy something. And, you know, you know it's only a matter of time before you— you know, YouTube demonetizes um, alcohol, which uh, I will say this: uh, TikTok is kind of undergoing something like that right now. And you know, um, talking about especially during the pandemic, a lot of people have resorted to this because uh, there's no other way to support themselves. And I fully support people who have been doing it to support themselves. But one thing TikTok has kind of been ruthless with uh, tearing people down for promoting is OnlyFans. Oh, the sex site? 
for uh not, not, not entirely but, but like, that's, you, that's how it's known it's like for like hey you can post things to your comfort level i myself have been getting ready to uh i've been getting back in shape to try to uh post uh stuff content for my only fans no um no no nudity just um there's no there's like, no nudity on your end no i do not yeah, no peen shall be seen, uh, as as I like to say. Um, but I have I have friends who are I have friends who are sex workers and uh, and porn stars actually that I met through my my friend um, Charlie Classic, who is one of the greatest humans you'll ever meet. Speaking of Nevada, um, Charlie's one of the nicest guys ever, and he's introduced me to a, a lot of his clients. He does um, he does like premium Snapchat stuff and uh, photo shoots. Um, like risque and uh, nudity photo shoots for uh, porn stars and models, and they're they're some of the nicest people ever. Yeah, like absolutely. But, but, and it's but only OnlyFans. OnlyFans definitely has that that vibe to it, and 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 you know you do you you get on there and there's some action going on. I happen to know. I happen to. I have a couple friends on there who have made up to a hundred k, and I will say because my girlfriend has been, um, we we've been trying to get uh, her OnlyFans um, started back up again too. We've um, we both found out that once we moved into the house, uh, once we bought a scale, we put on a little weight during quarantine, and we've been trying to lose it. We've all done um, that, my friend. But you're what? Yeah. Twenty eight. 26 i'm only 20 i just turned 26 in december yeah that, yeah, yeah so you're you know, it, it's easier for you to lose weight like you can go out and like stretch a stretch your leg a little bit and probably lose five pounds i look at a donut and i <laughs> yeah. I, I put it straight to the ass man it's like you i, I actually have sugar free for four years i what? decided to give up sugar when I, I decided to give up sugar when i was working at chick-fil-a um and as of and if you want to get more technical in the past year and a half i've actually given up bread and yeah bread, I, bread bread is a killer man you eat you eat bread. yeah i didn't know uh to quote scott pilgrim uh bread makes you fat didn't know that <laughs> now i will say this um to continue on that um i like we we all as content creators and especially with a lot of people who have done it into the world of content creating during the pandemic to support themselves because a lot of people have lost their jobs, yeah. um, which yeah. were considered everyday jobs. And people have been looking for ways to support themselves, especially um, especially women. Like there have been a lot of, a lot of women removed from the workforce um, that have been having to provide for their families or themselves uh, that have resorted to OnlyFans. Um, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people um, on OnlyFans who I'm friends with that are that have made very good money to support themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, a few of my friends have were living in either like double wide trailers or um, very small apartments that um, them and their significant others have bought houses and are living much um, very, very conservatively um, bought a house and just are so, minimally looking to support themselves. And so they. He, he Ethan, yeah. let me let me ask you this because this is that is the word on the street. Is it offensive to consider only OnlyFans to be kind of a sex oriented, um, you know, acquisition point? Well, you're talking to somebody who um, who who grew who grew up watching like stuff like Blazing Saddles and doesn't really get offended easily. But I will sure. say this: I I will not. I won't say I I would get offended. I would just say. 
uh, be a little more open-minded when it comes to only only fans because that, like I said, like there there are people like my who and my friend um, Jennings Brower who mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who are, who are who is also an actor and a TikTok creator who has about three million followers. Um, Jennings is a fitness guy. Uh, he posts like just his fitness photo shoots on there, which um, I'm I'm planning to do. Maybe I would put stuff in my underwear on that. But yeah, I also have um, friends who, lady friends who um, may I will say, um, go down to details of maybe them shaving certain places for videos. No, I I would never do that. Or my or some of my friends I know would never do that. But matter of respect, you know. You know, there's an audience out there for people who will watch it, and yeah. they're doing what they can to support themselves. You know, I, I think this pandemic has brought out. Um, and I, uh, and I and I think and I think I, I think it's really important too, uh, Ethan, is to point out that they're doing it on their own accord, knowing it. No one is making them do that. Exactly. No, no one is getting a cut other than the technology provider who is doing it. I think that is, and that is where people kind of like, you know, lose sight of some of this stuff. And, and we, we go, you know, we talked a little bit about the dry counties and everything, but I think it's a real question, you know, should prostitution be legal? Is is I absolutely think it should because, and here, and here's why. Um, Now, while may, while a lot of people may frown on it, it's literally the exact same principles as marijuana. People are gonna do it, and we, we've we've kind of realized that it's not it. Um, I myself, as a person who suffers from anxiety, uh, I myself take uh, a, a little bit of CBD or THC from time to time because, um, much like Robin Williams, God rest his soul, his mind raced at a million miles an hour, and that is the stuff that I deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need I need a little bit of anxiety relief every now and then. And I, I use it uh, only medically. Um, but people are going to do it anyway. Now, here, and here's why I believe, I believe that prostitution, much like marijuana, uh, should be legalized. And, hey, and if you disagree with me, uh, fellow listeners, that is okay. I am clearly just stating my opinion here. Much like uh, with my friends who are porn stars. Uh, the porn stars, um, are they get tested. They get tested uh, every like two weeks or every month for 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 uh, STDs and all this stuff to make sure that they are healthy, so they don't pass anything on to fellow clientele. Because uh, like the the porn industry is a job, just like any other job, and uh, as such, people treat it professionally. Now, uh, with prostitution, uh, with pimps out there, um, it's not really it's not regulated. And there, there are a lot of people in danger if it's regulated. You can get like uh, healthcare provided. You can get tested, and it can be properly taxed. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it can be taxed to benefit uh, the economy because people are going to be doing it. And but most importantly, women's safety is what we need to focus on. Um, making sure all the all of the women, the employees, are safe and they're tested and they're healthy. And they could be provided a great uh, financial standing because a lot, a lot of them just do it to provide for themselves or their families. Yeah, I, I, I think the 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 question of morality comes up every now and then. 
And if you if you if you pull if you pull the curtain back on all those who say like, oh, the Lord Jesus wouldn't want that. I will Lord. say this. You well, know, I'll you, say this. You find there's always a connection. That there's always like you know they you know uh, like uh, Jimmy Swaggart in the '80s or '90s. You know <laughs> he was. Uh, you know he. Was... All I think about when I hear Jimmy Swaggart is is that. Um, do you remember Church Lady from SNL? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, Danny Carvey. There, I did not. Okay, now this was one of those SNL skits where I watched where I didn't know who uh, per se all the people were. Um, in the skit because of the the times where they reference a lot of political figures that are very current, but uh, where they talked about Jimmy Swaggart, and it's like, oh, let the church down and let the family down, and then we also like sending us down like our trousers. <laughs> but I will say this, I will say this, uh, for anybody, and I, I totally get the morality question. Like I said, I grew up a Christian boy. I, I went to church like every Sunday. I went to youth group every Wednesday. But, you know, when I got to college, I realized the world was a lot bigger than, you know, questioning the world by a book. Um, and, you know, I, my personal philosophy on Christianity is, you know, uh, your goods measured by how uh, your faith, your faith is measured by how much good you put out into the world and how much positivity you spread. Because right my personal belief, like I left the church per for personal reasons. Like I saw a lot of people who were being hypocritical uh, in that building every Sunday for what was being preached. But I will say this it for depends. any personal beliefs you may have, here's, here's the, here's the analogy I give where it's like, um, they're like, I want to buy a yellow car. And the Christians are people who, you know, like to preach on moral uh, higher ground. They're like, huh, well, I think more, I think yellow cars are more uh, immoral and they should be outlawed. It's like, hey, you know what? Hallelujah. You don't like yellow cars. You don't like, you don't like yellow cars. That's fine. But I got news for you. People like them and they're going to buy them. But it doesn't, why, why does it affect you? Like that, that that's how I see it. Like I, I like to see the world, you know, on a much simpler platform. Um, for um, just for the simple sake of, I got a lot more on my plate. As, if other people are just being nice to one another, if they're just living their life and being happy and being safe, um, then I ain't got a problem with it. Yeah, man, I think that's it's. it's and I feel we need that. I feel we need that. We're we're this country, like you know. Um, and. Uh, that, I, I think I think what happened what happened to you know re religion has always been a no matter what faith it is it's always a love and then don't do that exactly and, and that, that's like, what it's that is what it's always been and I and will, I will say this as somebody who actually preferred, I pour myself a second glass of this um, now I will say this. As cheers, my friend. Now, I will say this for anybody out there listening: as somebody who personally, um, at one point in his life, considered becoming a youth pastor and read the Bible backwards to forwards, all the people out there who try to preach uh, Bible verses and stuff on <laughs> um, at people just because they disagree with their lifestyle, you clearly have not read the other parts of the Bible, because I, I can literally give you a list of Bible verses that cancel out everything that people who try to use religion as an excuse to be hateful towards other people 
Um, and, and, and thus, and and thus, really, Ethan, it's all about interpretation. And, it is. And and like, if we take if we take the good, if we take the love and the good out of out of faith uh, and religion, you know, I, I I think what we what tends to happen is people always always focus also. You know, in addition to like, listen, the the religious side brings in brings a lot of judgmental ways. There's also this perspective of a lot of good going on, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I mean you take a look at like uh, you know, uh, uh hungry centers, you know, that uh, it's largely churches running that. Uh, well, absolutely. Sisters for the poor, for example. So I mean, absolutely. We, I myself, um, I myself did a lot of mission trips and worked at uh, worked at the uh, like soup kitchens. And um, my favorite mission trip that I will never forget was we built um, built the um, the houses for the water pumps uh, for foster children. Wow. Uh, it was definitely definitely a lightning experience. We got to build build the water pump houses and we got to play with the children. Um, like we got to throw the football, play uh, throw frisbee, play hide and seek tag. It was really, it was real, really one of my favorite um, experiences in life that I would never trade anything for. Well, if, if we've learned anything today, folks, about Ethan Trace, not only is he a, a rising star in the actor community, and and not a, only is he like a, a TikTok star right now, uh, but you got to see inside, like uh, you know, the individual and the things to come, and you know. Ethan, I just want to thank you so much for for hopping on and drinking some whiskey with me, man. Absolutely, man. I'm I looking know, forward to doing it again. I know we got deep here toward toward the end, but that's what happens when people have a good drink. And sometimes you solve some problems together. And I and I I don't I don't know if we solved any problems, but we definitely talked about some important issues. And I wanted I do want to ask you what was your favorite today in the tasting i think i know but i, w I want to hear you say it <laughs> well fred my favorite my favorite today i think definitely has to go to uh, a tie between the mictors um the mictors 10 year single barrel and the white dog success age 10 years 127 and a half proof uh definitely De definitely definitely um uh, some favorites of mine i'm definitely going to enjoy the rest of these um that you sent me um and i'm looking forward to uh work working with you again and um especially to everybody out in the uh out in the liquor world and the bourbon world um really looking forward to working with some of you guys in the future and uh just a reminder uh social media while it may be intimidating or hard to figure out at times um you have people out there are looking um, for opportunities like this and would love to work with you. And we have our own ways of uh, doing it in today's times. And we are more than happy to lend our hands out to you. Absolutely. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for, for joining. Not that anyone needs to look very far to find you, but how can they find you on the socials? Well, hey, my name, like I said, my name is Ethan Trace. You can find me at Ethan Trace on TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube. And like I said, I am also an actor, so you can look forward to me in a couple of productions that are coming up this year. Uh, like I said, 
the next 24 will be released this year and Christmas at the Great Horse Inn will also be released uh, this year at Christmas time. And uh, keep an eye out for my movie in the future uh, that I wrote myself. It is called Etowah Ridge. It is a horror thriller movie and I'm looking forward to you guys seeing about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, here we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes and it feels like we just got on together. So absolutely fred i look forward to talking with you more after this especially and cheers to everybody out there i hope you guys stay safe (laughs) keep wearing your masks and we will make we will make it through this pandemic together by god cheers brother cheers brother hey wasn't that something i mean you got to hear some impersonations you got to hear about only fans i mean that was uh if you're all up in the 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 whole movement of you know studying how people spend their money during covid and how people make money during covid you would have no doubt learned about OnlyFans, and i thought ethan's take on that was absolutely interesting and fascinating but uh you know if you haven't already if you're not one of his two million followers on tiktok head on over to tiktok and give him a follow by the way i'm on tiktok too i don't have that many followers in fact i'm very far away from that amount but uh i just kind of throw things up there from time to time and uh, i still don't have it figured out i'm not gonna lie i don't really quite know how to do tiktok yet just the tiktok way but uh i'm throwing stuff up there we'll see how it goes but i appreciate you all listening week in and week out to the fred minnick show I'm very excited about future guests. We've got some big names coming up. So make sure you are subscribing to however get you get your podcast. And give us a review while you're at it. It helps us with the algorithm lords. The algorithm lords dictate everything in podcasting. So give us, uh, give us some love. Give us a review. It goes a long way. But that's going to do it for this week. I appreciate your time. Big shout out to Pamela Fur for producing this show as always. And be safe out there, folks. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. Remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.